so often our body affects our psychology and man if we're walking around slumping around depressed and disengaged and tired and and stressed well then don't be surprised when our actions are tired disengaged lethargic and stressed but rather if we step into the office on day one of 2023 excited engaged passionate motivated absolutely and deliberately committed to the mission of why we work and what we are still here to do not because it's easy but rather because it's meaningful oh my goodness everything changes well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. It's a principle that we say all the time within the Path for Growth community. There's not wisdom in experience. There's wisdom in evaluated experience. I'm talking to you now about the value and power of reflection, because here's something that I deeply believe because I've seen it play out in my life, in my leadership, and in my business. Reflection spurs transformation. What does reflection transform? Well, it transforms mistakes into lessons. It transforms passivity into proactivity. It transforms thoughtlessness into thoughtfulness. It transforms strengths into opportunities. It transforms accidental victories into intentional victories. One of the things that I've recognized in spending time with some of the strongest leaders, entrepreneurs that I know is that they are people who have a practiced habit of engaging in thoughtful, proactive, deliberate reflection. And it seems as though this is such a powerful time to do that because we're leaving one year being 2022 and going into a new year, which is 2023. And everyone at this time of year starts to look ahead to 2023 and they say, new year, new you. But one of the things that I've seen play out for my life, and I've seen it play out in the lives of other leaders as well, is that it's really, honestly, pretty easy to bring the same you to a new year. It's not guaranteed that you're going to move forward, that you're going to get better, that you're going to learn, that you're going to grow as you go into 2023. The only way that that happens is if you look back and you think and you assess and you evaluate and you reflect and you pray so that you're able to take all of the mistakes, the thoughts, the strengths, the opportunities, the victories from 2022, and you turn all of those into lessons and principles that can be used to amplify growth in 2023. And so what we're going to do today is not going to be something where you passively hear about the topic of reflection. What I want to do in this podcast today is I want to give you just a way to think about the topic of reflection and reflective questions and the way you can frame them to yourself and others. And then I want to pose some questions to you. And whether you're in the car or on a run, or maybe you're sitting down with a notebook, or maybe you're even sitting down with your whole team and walking through some of these questions, I, I just want you to take some time to think about your answers. And I don't want you to think broadly. I don't want you to think generally. I want you to think specifically. Because this is one of the most powerful practices that you can engage in at the end of 2022 to set you up for a win in 2023. 
And what I want you to understand is that the most effective reflection occurs when you really start to wrap your head around the fundamentals of what I would call creative curiosity. And so we're just going to walk through three principles related to creative curiosity here at the front end of the episode today. And then we're going to practice creative curiosity. I'm going to frame some questions to you, and then I'm going to play some music and give you some time to work out your answers to those questions. Three principles about creative curiosity. Number one, the most powerful questions are often the ones you ask and answer yourself. I used to have this understanding that, okay, the quality of your conversations will never exceed the quality of your questions. And I, I could see that play out. And I, I would understand that principle and I would hear people teach on that line of thinking or on that principle specifically. And I would say, okay, that, that is really a principle as it relates to the conversations that I have with other people. And, and if I bring good questions to my interactions with other people, then the result is going to be good, stimulating, life-giving, engaging conversations. Certainly that's true. What it took me a long time to understand and recognize is that that principle, the quality of your conversations will never exceed the quality of your questions. Yes, it applied to my conversations with other people, but just as much, if not more so, that principle applies to the conversations that I have with myself. And so what I needed to learn was that, yes, the questions that I bring into my conversations with others are absolutely important, but what are the questions that I'm raising for myself to consider? Because the most powerful questions are often the ones you ask and answer yourself. This is why sometimes when people talk about the topic of journaling and they say, I sit down to journal and I, I, I just don't know what to write about. I think one of the challenges is they start by thinking about, okay, what are the statements that I want to write? What, what they should ask is what are the questions that I want to answer? And then they can frame their journaling as an answer to a specific question. The most powerful questions are the ones that you ask and answer yourself. Number two, the quality of your answers will never exceed the quality of your questions. This is really kind of uh, an interesting thought that if I want better answers, I should start by asking better questions. And as we already talked about in principle number one, the person that I should be asking those questions to is myself. And so sometimes I frame things in my mind and in my life as statements. That can't be done. We can't do that. Our business won't do that. Our team won't do that. Our customers won't do that. I frame it as a statement. And whenever I frame reality as a statement, then my perception of reality is that it's closed. I've closed the loop and, and I can't engage creatively at all with making a different result because I've already basically put a lid on that thing ever moving forward. Growth occurs whenever we take something that we've been framing as a statement, our customers will never, our team will never, I have never been able to, and start to frame it as a question. How could we lead our customers to? How could we lead our team to? How could I lead myself to? The minute we stop phrasing these realities as a statement that serves as a lid and start to frame them as a question that opens possibility, 
everything starts to change. And so if we don't like the reality that we're currently experiencing, and we don't like the results that we're getting in our business, and we don't like the results that we're getting in our personal life, and we look at some things with regard to 2022 and we say, that's not correct, I wish it wasn't that way, well, then we, we shouldn't just say that happened. We should ask the question, how could we go about creating a different result? Because embedded in the question how is this belief that it's possible to find a solution. And that's one of the principles that I just believe to be fundamentally true. Every problem is solvable. So if there were problems in 2022, they are solvable. I actually believe that. Now, whether you'll be able to enact the solution is a, a, a different question, right? But here's the deal. If they're not solvable, then they're not a problem. They're just part of reality. More often than not, though, we, we look at problems as insolvable, irreconcilable, and therefore we don't have the courage to ask the question, how could we do something different? The quality of your answers will never exceed the quality of your questions. And then finally, number three, and this is one that we're going to practice a lot today, specific questions yield specific answers. This principle applies to your conversations with yourself. It also applies to your conversations with other people. If you ask someone, how's your day been? they're going to give you a very broad answer because that's a very broad question. They're going to say good or fine. But if you ask them, what were the top three best parts of your day today? Well, now you've given them a very specific question. They might be a little bit taken back because they're like, wow, that just feels very hyper intentional. But then what's crazy is you can literally see the gears turning inside their head and, and they'll say, oh my gosh, like these were the three best parts. Why? Because you gave them a specific question that elicited specific thought. And so we need to understand that for other people, but we also need to understand that for ourselves. If we ask broad questions, what did I learn this year? You're going to get broad answers. If you ask really specific questions, what did I learn about team communication this year? What did I learn about leadership this year? What did I learn about marketing and branding this year? If you ask specific questions, don't be surprised whenever you get specific answers. And those specific answers are going to be the ones that have enough handles and grip to them that you can take them with you into 2023. And so it's through that context of those three principles that I want us to engage in this practice of personal and organizational reflection. Let's review the three principles again, and then we'll jump to the questions. The most powerful questions are often the ones you ask and answer yourself. The quality of your answers will never exceed the quality of your questions, and specific questions yield specific answers. And, and so what I want you to do is I really want you to engage thoughtfully with this exercise and we're going to play some music and give you time, time to really think. And maybe if you're in the car with someone or you're sitting down with someone, you can have a conversation about this stuff and then we'll move on to the next question. So we're going to start with five questions that will cause you to personally reflect. Here's the first one. What are three specific experiences that you are grateful that you had in 2022? I'm gonna ask it again. What are three specific experiences that you are grateful you had in 2022? We all know that gratitude is an incredibly powerful virtue. Why? Because in many ways, it represents the enemy of entitlement. And what's so cool is that gratitude biologically is an antidote to anxiety. 
many times we say, I'm really stressed out or I'm really worried right now. And what we're talking about there is anxiety. And the root core emotion of anxiety is fear. What's so neat is that, well, when you actually experience gratitude, and I'm not just talking about intellectually, but when you actually internalize gratitude. So when you do this exercise here in just a second, I want you to really feel and go back to that moment. Put yourself in that time. Allow yourself to immerse yourself in that experience that you have that you're deeply grateful for. And if you can actually get to a spot where you don't just intellectually remember it, but you emotionally experience it and immerse yourself in it, what's wild is that what has been scientifically proven to happen whenever you experience gratitude is, uh, number one, your cortisol levels drop. Cortisol is the stress hormone. So so your stress level decreases. And, and the reason why that occurs is because two other hormones flood your body. And those two hormones are serotonin and dopamine. And those are both pleasure hormones. And so it's an antidote to anxiety. And we can say that like as a philosophical thing, but that's also like a very practical scientific thing is that when you actually experience gratitude, experience it, when you allow yourself to experience it, you are decreasing stress and increasing positive emotion. So I'm going to phrase the question again. What are three specific experiences that you are grateful you had in 2022 and remember them vividly? Ready, go. Okay, I'm going to ask you the second question, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of the reasoning behind the question. What are three positive leadership qualities that you consistently practiced this year? I think so often leaders are limited by the fact that they walk around with what I would call an inadequacy syndrome. And because they are fixers by nature or problem solvers by nature, they're constantly looking at what's broken, what's missing, what's confusing, what is not as it should be. And I think that there's a lot of value in that because that's how you restore things. That's how you move things forward. That's how you grow things. That's how you make things as they should be. But if that is the only question you're asking is what's broken, what's missing, what's confusing, what's not as it should be, that can be a very depressing lens to look through. And so I think it's equally important to say, okay, well, what are some things that were right this year? Because those are the things that not only do we want to repeat in 2023, but we want to amplify in 2023. So the question is, what are three positive leadership qualities that you consistently practice this year? And then I'm going to ask you a follow-up question to it. How could you amplify those qualities in this next year? Spend a little bit of time on that right now.
Okay, here's the next question, and in many ways, it's uh, a counter to the previous one. What are three leadership weaknesses that were exposed to you about yourself this year? Now, there's a principle that's related to this question that I want you to keep in mind. The greatest growth doesn't come from the discomfort you dislike. The greatest growth comes from the discomfort that you fear. So in general, it can be uncomfortable to talk about and label weaknesses. That's not good or bad. That just is. But the good news associated with that discomfort is that growth and comfort never coexist. So if you're asking to be comfortable, you're asking not to grow. The minute you ask to grow, you're saying, I'm choosing, I'm opting in, I'm volunteering for a path of discomfort. But here's what I'm going to challenge you as it relates to this question. Uh, don't just name the weaknesses that you dislike. Because there's some things that I dislike about myself that, you know, or my work or my leadership that it's like, oh, you know, they kind of make me uncomfortable, but it's like, okay, like I, I can talk about them. No big deal. There's other weaknesses about myself and about my leadership. And I've seen this show up with the people that we get to work with as well, that it's like, I'd rather not talk about it. I'd rather avoid it. I'd rather not engage with it. Why? Because it's the discomfort that I fear. What's the discomfort that you fear? Because that discomfort that you fear, I almost guarantee you that's a weakness. But here's another principle. The thing that you most treasure is almost always sitting directly next to the thing that you most fear. And so what would it look like to not have that thing own you, but rather for you to start owning that thing? I would say that that's directly related to the value and virtue of self-control, saying, I'm going to voluntarily opt in for engaging with, wrestling with, naming, and having the courage to engage this thing proactively. So here's the question. What are three leadership weaknesses, the ones that you would rather avoid, the ones that you wish weren't true about yourself that were exposed to you this year? Ready? Go. Okay, I think it's really powerful to name those weaknesses because if you can name them, then you can do something about them. But you'll never fix what you refuse to see. So it's important to name them. And then out of naming them, that should inform the ways that you're wanting to grow in 2023. But let's jump back into this process of reflection. And I want you to continue to just dive deep here and really think specifically. Here's another fun question. What was one area that you grew in 2022? <laughs> that rhymes. I didn't even realize that whenever I wrote it down. But but here's the question. What is one way that you grew in 2022? Here's something that I've learned in the past two and a half years now of owning a company that our entire focus is organizational and personal growth. People often don't see the ways that they've grown. 
period, full stop. And I am, by the way, one of those people. So often we've grown, we've moved forward as a person, we've moved forward as a business. And unless we take time to intentionally and deliberately slow down, to pause and actually ask, where has growth occurred? We completely miss it. It's why one of the things, uh, it's just... uh, It's why one of the practices we really like to engage in as a coaching team with our customers is when we see moments that it's like, man, the version of you that I knew a year ago or two years ago wouldn't have done that, wouldn't have said that, wouldn't have been able to make that decision. We call that out. Why? Because people don't recognize that on their own. I personally need people in my life to say, man, the Alex of last year wouldn't have made that decision, wouldn't have done that thing, wouldn't have said that, wouldn't have handled that well. Because what that represents in that moment is a recognition of growth. And so you may even need to ask other people about this because it can be really hard to see on your own. Self-awareness often doesn't occur by yourself. But here's the question. What was one area that you grew in 2022? Okay, final question is rooted in one of the principles that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, and that's that reflection transforms, right? And and it it gives us the ability to look at our experience and transform that experience that we had in 2022, the experience that we had in the past and say, what am I going to bring with me into the present and certainly into the future, into 2023? What personal lesson or principle do you want to ensure you take with you into next year? I'm going to say it again. What personal lesson or principle do you want to ensure you take with you into next year? What are you going to move forward with, right? What are you saying like, man, there's some things in 2022 that occurred that I'm personally drawing a line in the sand and saying never again. Or there's some things in 2022 that occurred that I'm saying, I want more of that. What made that happen? And what's that lesson or principle that I can take with me into 2023? Spend some time thinking about this really critically because otherwise it it won't be evaluated experience. It will be just something that happened that will be unconsciously part of your life moving forward. We're going to try and take the things that you learned unconsciously and bring them forward to something that you can be conscious and intentional about. What personal lesson or principle do you want to ensure you take with you personally into next year?
Okay, now we're going to take all the same principles as it relates to intentionality and specificity and purpose, and we're going to apply it not to personal reflection, but to organizational reflection. This is one of those practices that I think so often as leaders we don't engage in that could actually have massive ramifications and exponential returns for our business. It's amazing when you study incredible creative thought leaders and CEOs, one of the things that they have in common, whether it's Steve Jobs or Bob Iger or Bill Gates, is that they have deliberate, intentional time to think. And I, I really would encourage you to participate in this exercise looking through that lens. Is This is me thinking on my business, not just working on my business, because I can, if I can think on my business, then I will be radically more equipped to work on my business. So here's the first organizational question. If the past year were a chapter in the book about your business, what would the chapter be titled and why? Spend a little bit of time thinking about that right now. I think that that's really a helpful question to think about and to answer thoughtfully because although it can sound a little kitschy and a little quirky, I think it really uh, helps you categorize the experiences that your business had this year and put them into a bucket that you can take with you moving forward. That you can say, okay, when I think back to 2022, this is how I think about the lessons, the principles, the experiences, the decisions that we made in that year. Let's move to the next question. What were the three biggest victories for your organization this year? Just as we talked about personally, it's so important that you don't just focus on what you want to fix or what you want to add or what you want to clarify in 2023. We want to really ask the question, where did we win in 22 and how could we amplify those victories in 23? Because so often I see that for myself personally, but also for other businesses that I've worked with, it can be so easy to under-resource whether you're not giving it enough recognition, enough compensation, enough energy, enough manpower. You're under-resourcing the thing that is actually helping you win the biggest. And so let's really think clearly about this specific question and, and come up with specific answers, not just broad, vague answers, specific ones. What were the three biggest victories for your organization in 2022?
Okay, next question is directly related. What were the three biggest lessons the organization had to learn this year? Again, if we don't reflect on the mistakes or challenges we made and faced, we're doomed to repeat them again. Some organizations have 20 years of experience. Some organizations have one year of experience 20 times. And so what's the lesson you learned in 22 that you're going to take with you into 23? Okay, before we move to the next question, I hope it goes without saying that these are great questions to also pose to your team. It would be really helpful for you to understand where they stand on these things and what they think the lessons were and what the victories were so that you can get their perspective and move forward more informed. And that certainly applies to the next question as well. What is one specific quality or value that your organization exemplified this year? And then what caused that? Because anytime you have a quality or value showed up in an exemplary way where it's like, oh my gosh, like that, if we were just above and beyond in this quality or this value, you want to look at that and say, okay, what made that happen? Because that never just happens on accident. Something occurred that caused that to happen culturally in our organization. And man, that's something you want to double down on. So what is one specific quality or value that your organization exemplified this year? What caused that? Okay, I've got two more questions for you. This next one is the counter to the previous. What is one specific quality or value that your organization lacked this year? That when you look with a, a critical and constructive eye at the team, at the business as a whole, you say, man, we just were lacking in this area. And then what caused that? Why was it that we lacked in this area? Was it something that we intentionally chose to neglect? Was it something that we were surprised by? Was it something that we didn't pay attention to in hiring? What is one specific quality or value that your organization lacked and what caused that? Spend some time on that right now.
And then the final question organizationally is one where I'm going to ask you to look at the past and then also look towards the future. What is one thing you want your team to hear from you about 2022 as they head into 2023? So, so much of leadership is framing the narrative. And without leadership, people are left to define their own narrative about what happened in 2022. And so often we can look at the past year of business and frame an entire year through the lens of what we're feeling right now. Here's what I mean by this. You may have a team member that may be feeling really stressed and exhausted here in this current moment, December of 2022. And they'll look back and when asked the question about the year of 2022, what they will remember is the way that they're feeling right now. And they'll say it was really exhausting. It was a stressful year which may be true, but oftentimes a year takes on many emotions and many ebbs and flows, and it would be improper and inaccurate to characterize an entire year by your current emotion. And so what we need to do as a leader is say, okay, how do we wrap up the story of the whole year to make sure that people aren't just characterizing 2022 based on how they're currently feeling? How do we want to talk about this? How do we want to remember this? What are we grateful for? Where did we win? What did we see growth in? What did we do as a team? And you really want to highlight those things. And so what do you want to make sure your team hears from you at the end of 2022 as they head into 2023? Because here's the deal. I want you and your team to head into 2023 strong. Not reacting, but being proactive. Not being on defense and on your heels, but rather being on offense and on your toes. I want you to be excited and engaged. And it's so sad that so often teams head into a new year exhausted. Don't allow yourself or your team to do that. So we need to make sure we say, okay, what is all the goodness in 2022? How are we going to characterize that and categorize that? And how are we going to head into 2023 with energy? Because so often our body affects our psychology. And man, if we're walking around, slumping around, depressed and disengaged and tired and, and stressed, well, then don't be surprised when our actions are tired, disengaged, lethargic and stressed. But rather, if we step into the office on day one of 2023, excited, engaged, passionate, motivated, absolutely and deliberately committed to the mission of why we work and what we are still here to do, not because it's easy, but rather because it's meaningful. Oh my goodness, everything changes. And I'm going to challenge you to be the type of leader that can help people step into 2023 stronger than when they left 2022. And I believe you can do it. So again, what's one thing you want your team to hear from you about 2022 as they head into 2023? Spend some time on that right now.
Well, y'all, I hope that you experienced the value and power of this exercise. And I hope that it impacted you in such a way that you're kind of opening your eyes to the fact that it's like, man, deliberate intentional reflection doesn't have to only occur at the end of a year. It can occur at any time. And it can be the exercise or practice that causes you to get above things, that causes you to be more humble, that causes you to be more emotionally aware, that causes you to be more intellectually aware, that causes you to be more strategic as a business owner and a leader. It's a practice that can create all those results, but but you have to take the step to engage in that practice. And part of that is that you're not always going to have a podcast to ask you the questions, what would it look like for you to become the type of person that could ask yourself the right questions that would then elicit the right answers because the quality of your answers never exceeds the quality of your questions. Y'all, I'd be remiss not to end this year by just letting you know that I'm so grateful for you. I will tell you this company that is Path for Growth has grown more in the past year than we ever have before. And I, I just still believe we are at the ground floor of this mission. And that wouldn't happen without all of you. Number one, so many of you are our customers that are participating in the membership or one-on-one coaching that are signing up for team trainings at your offices around the country that are participating in our in-person experiences. And that just means the world to me, that you would invest your time and your money to be a part of this thing. Because I get told by customers all the time, man, y'all have something really special. And I I always want to correct them and say, we have something really special. I really believe that this business is God's asset that he's chosen us to manage. And I view it as a mission that we are all collectively engaged in. And certainly that's true for the customers that are investing their time and money, but it's also true for all of you that just, I mean, faithfully listen to this podcast every single week. And not just that you listen, but that you're actively engaged in this path for growth to be the type of leader that is not just engaged in this selfish improvement mumbo jumbo that fills culture and society today, where it's me getting better for the sake of me getting better and then making sure all of you know about it, but rather You're engaged in healthy and life-giving and sustainable growth that overflows into the lives of others, that results in other people getting served. Because I believe that when you grow so that other people are served, something powerful happens. God is glorified in that, that God is glorified by your forward motion and that God is glorified by your good deeds. And that's why I always think about Matthew 5, 16 as a cornerstone verse for this company. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds, that they may see your growth, that they may see your business, that they may see your leadership. And not say, yay, you. Certainly not say, yay, Alex, or yay, Path for Growth, but rather they would see those good deeds and glorify the Father who is in heaven. That's our mission. We exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And you are one of those impact-driven leaders that is making that mission come to life. And for that, on behalf of our entire team, I just want to say thank you. I hope that you close out 2022 with gratitude, and I hope that you enter into 2023 with strength. And I'm just thankful that we get to be a part of that. 
Real quick, before we go, if you want more content like the content that was in this episode, you can sign up for Worth It Wednesday. That's an email that I write every single week. There's over a thousand of you that are subscribed to this email list, which is just so cool because every Wednesday we send a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. You can read it in under two minutes. And if you want to sign up for that email, you can do so by clicking the link that are in the show notes of this episode. Y'all know this. We're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not formed your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.